your self-esteem is so low that you're willing to sabotage yourself by not taking a, the chance, like not going after something mm -hmm. that you know that possibly you can actually achieve because maybe you have evidence, maybe you have the education, maybe you have the skill, but because you don't see yourself making in that light of achieving it, you don't even try. Welcome to the Push Podcast. Why push? Because a nudge is just too friendly. And friend, we're here to help you get your shit together. I'm Eddie. And I'm Janelle. And we're the Copelands. We've got three daughters, two businesses, a mortgage, and lots of responsibilities. So just like you, we're struggling to find that perfect balance of ambitious go-getter hustle while still staying present, loving our kids, and working on our relationship. <laughs> and doing the laundry, going to the grocery store. Oh, and don't forget being mindful. Yeah, mindful all of the stuff. <laughs> <laughs> so if you're juggling all the things, but you're also trying to get to the next level, guess what? You're in the right place. So get ready to be pushed. Hey guys, welcome back to the Push Podcast. I'm Janelle. And I'm Eddie. What up? And this is episode number 63. 63. This is, I mean, I don't know if we do. You always have something to say about the number, so I'm giving you your opportunity now. <laughs> yes. So the number 63 really has no significant meaning. Okay, uh, perfect. Let's move the on. the fact that, yeah. Oh, Siri's answering you about significant? There you go. What? So <laughs> That was weird. Um, All right. So I have a what in the world oh, before we even okay. get started. Let's go. Okay. So my what in the world is, so I recently had a little bit of a back issue, which I'm recovering nicely. So thank you for all your uh, your prayers. Wait, um, who prayed for you? Yeah, hopefully you did. <laughs> I mean, I did, but you're telling people and then you're thanking them in the same sentence. I'm pretty sure if they would have known, they would have prayed for me. Okay. But um, so I went to get a massage, right? Okay. After I got adjusted. And so I go into the, the place and I always when I go in and I whisper. I like, hey, how you doing? Mm -hmm. I'm like trying to keep my voice mm -hmm. down because mm -hmm. not only is a massage going to, it's good for like your body, but it's good for your mind, mm -hmm. right? If you have quiet. So I'm in, the, I'm getting my massage. It's great. I'm relaxed, working out my back. And this lady goes in there and all, she is talking with her outside voice mm -hmm. and she Super is talking loud. very loud. Mm -hmm. I know exactly what massage she wants to get. Mm -hmm. I know what massage her husband wants to right. get. And she is talking the entire time. And at one point she's getting a massage and she goes, oh yeah, that right there, that feels really good. Thank you for, get that part of my neck. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, what is the, the commentary about? Mm -hmm. I don't understand. Yeah. And then she's talking to her husband from another room. <laughs> and he's like, oh, yeah, honey, you should have got the full body instead of just the chair because this feels great. And like, okay, it's important. Shut the hell up. It's important okay? for me to note that <laughs> you didn't go to Burke Williams. Uh, no. You didn't go somewhere and pay top dollar for an amazing full body massage with privacy, where they actually care about the environment and like your serenity. Right. Let's just note that. But isn't you it? You went like to, uh, it's a place we go to all the time, Azusa Foot Massage. They do amazing massages, but they are definitely not trying to create a serene space. Then why do they have the music on? Why do they have like the Well, the music is on, like but like sometimes there's only two people working there, and I always get the girl. Who has the freaking phone, <laughs> the cordless the phone right? in the in her back pocket? <laughs> so she'll be in the middle of massaging me, and she'll answer the phone. Okay, come at six p.m. I'm so, like, uh, okay. My, my expectations aren't. Your expectations were unrealistic when it came to managing. Well, why do I feel like this lady, whoever she was, God bless her soul, would do that at Burke Williams? Well, as you well. have to bless her because. <laughs> 
She sounds like she doesn't care about her surrounding. Like maybe she was, you know, when she was a kid, her parents didn't tell her, hey, use your inside voice. You're shouting, right? We yell at our children. Like yeah, if that's what they, but hey, it, why are you speaking so loudly? I wanted Calm to down. shush her from my room. Well, I have been there and I have done that. <laughs> I, I'm just going to tell you, like one time I was there and this guy was snoring really loud next to me and I just couldn't take it anymore. I always bring my earplugs but if I can hear your big ass snoring through my earplugs, I know that it's a problem. It, I was trying to meditate through it. I was trying to give him grace. And then I was like, you know what? I paid for this too. And I'm trying to fall asleep too, but you're taking all of the sleep. And I thought that it was selfish. So I just like kindly said, shh, you're going to have to wake up. <laughs> and he went, <laughs> you know, and woke up and they were laughing. Like the people that were massaging us, they were laughing so hard because I'm. it was appalling that yeah. you're snoring, what, six feet away from me. And I get that it's a community place, but yeah. So your expectations were just way too high for a place like that. Yeah, I, I guess so. I just—it's also like, important to know then, that like a sixty-minute massage is like forty bucks. But what I was thinking about was this this feeling that I had in me. I wanted to teach her a lesson. You wanted I, to slap the shit out I of her. Her to know how unbearable she was. Right. You and wanted it, her to. So I was like receive plotting. the gift of yeah. learning. And so then that I started was, like. Plotting and thinking of how can I like when how I'm leaving. How can I leaving, teach her a lesson? Yeah, how can I like say something loud enough where I go, "Hey, is it normal that people talk really loud when people are getting a nice <laughs> quiet massage?" Right. But, but the little Asian woman that worked there would have not understood what you were saying. Right. It. You know. You I wanted know. to say it just to be spiteful. And you know, the funny thing is, is I tell everybody how Jesus-like you are, and right now you're telling on yourself. Well, I didn't do anything. I right. I just let it go. But I was talking to myself really loud. Yeah. Like, I was like... I mean, I think in that situation, it's okay for you to say, shh. <laughs> it's okay. Shut up. No, see, that might be a little excessive. <laughs> but it's okay for you to, like, shh. Yeah, I mean, it, I was at that point where, like, at the guys at the the, the cafe, mm -hmm. um, we told the story before when oh, I told them to... this is a great story. When I told them to, you know, turn down their public, their private music... In a public <laughs> in place. In a public place. Mm -hmm. But I was almost at that level where I was like, do you think I want to hear you? Right. Like, yell that out. Like, do. why do you think I want this entire massage place <laughs> wants to hear you talk to your husband from a different room? You know what it is? It triggered you because it's self-centered. She it's, was being yeah. selfish. She's being selfish and it's not being cur courteous. Yeah. Okay? I don't like when people are not courteous. Yeah. I think, damn it. Yeah. So, sorry. That was my what in the world. What in the world? And so it made me think about, I was like, we need to have an episode Strictly about knowing your environment, mm -hmm. right? Know the environment that you're in. The environment that she was in was not conducive to loud talking. Yeah. The environment that she was in was the environment that once you walk in, you lower your tone because you're in a place where people are, their eyes are closed. Right. Right. I think that would be an episode about manners, though, because <laughs> like common courtesy, because one of the things that comes to mind, I guess my what in the world is, is like, Lately, especially during the election, like people will talk to me as though my beliefs are aligned with theirs, not knowing anything about what I believe in, just assuming that I am for their candidate or have the same beliefs. So right. recently, someone said something about, well, you know, all this Black Lives Matter stuff. And I immediately was like... <laughs> Does this person really think that you can just say normal things like that and like the whole world is going to take side with you? 
So I, I let him finish. And I said, well, you know, I got to tell you, I have a black family. And to me, it means this. And I had to pretty much school like him. school him. Yeah. Because the audacity of you to assume that I'm taking the same stance as you, to me, is just, it's audacious. Yeah. You know, and it's, I don't know, that's a manners it's, episode. It, yeah. You know, I don't know if so much of his manners, but it, it could be. But I think what the true problem is, is that when people give you their opinion from a negative perspective on something, mm -hmm. not knowing where you're standing, where your on stance it. Yeah, is, uh -huh. so they they come in with their with a judgment, and I don't right. think that ever works. No, like I, never. I don't think I've ever like entered a conversation with a judgment. Right, right. It, it, it's usually like maybe you ask a question to spark the conversation. Mm -hmm. Say, what do you think about what's going on in the world right now? Like See, you know something I'm, like <laughs> I'm the kind of person I'm overly sensitive about. Like I would never want to offend someone. Right. So we had. We had someone that we worked with a while back. I won't name any names, but I knew that at the time her and her husband were trying to have a baby. Like everybody knew that they were mm -hmm. trying to have a baby. And I ran into her like two years later and I was like, oh my God, any luck with the baby? Right. The moment it came out of my mouth, I felt terrible. Right. And she said, not yet. We're still trying this and that. I felt so bad about it that I literally called her back like 30 minutes later. And I said, I just wanted to apologize. I am so sorry that I asked you about the baby. And she goes, why are you calling me to apologize? And I said, I just, it was inappropriate. Like, I can't imagine how many people are asking you that. I can't imagine like if you're going through in vitro or just, you know, you're not right. able, like here I was, like I saw you, I got excited about it, but I wanted to apologize because to me it was out of pocket. Like I right. shouldn't have said it like that, right? Because right? clearly she wasn't pregnant. So I just, I shouldn't have said it. That's the kind of person I like. I felt so bad about it that I had to call her. Yeah, because I think it comes across. You feel like it comes across as insensitive. Well, I just would never because, want someone. Yeah, you just kind of like, yeah. hey, what's going on with the baby yeah, thing? I when would it's never a, want someone to think yeah. that I was being insensitive. And I think knowing the, I wouldn't say privacy, but I think the the struggles, uh, the that struggle, she could but, but also yeah. it's it's kind of a it's a personal thing. Yeah, like it's it's like, hey, this is our our personal thing that we're doing. I probably let you in on this. But when you ask me kind of, you know, offhand, like, hey, mm -hmm. how's it going? Almost like as if, like, you know, you're talking about something very casual, you know, unimportant. By the way, that was not what the take right. was. Right. Like, but I, what I'm but saying it is could you, be. Yeah. And that's it's why the I called. fear that it, come mm -hmm. it comes across that way. And I just, yeah, I'm sure I have offended legitimately people. Concerned. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure I've offended people unknowingly before. But the kind of person that I am, like, I'm very cautious when I choose my words. And if something comes out where I feel like, oh, my God, I shouldn't have said that, I will call you. Mm -hmm. I don't know. That's just that's what I think. Anyways, let's move yeah. on from manners. <laughs> Today, we're going to talk to you about self-sabotage because we all can fall victim to it. And it's something that can hold you back from actively pursuing goals or trying to level up your life or trying to start a business or trying to go after that relationship, lots of different things. Why'd you pick this episode or why did you pick this title today? Yeah, because I think, you know, we do coaching and we help people and we are human beings ourselves. And this idea of Siri is just constantly going crazy. <laughs> but this idea that there are times that we get in our own way and the idea of being our worst enemy was just something I was just thinking about was like, you put goals out there, you you live your life. And a lot of times you're getting results that you don't want or don't appreciate. But part of the self-reflection piece of, of that is, am I my own worst enemy? Mm -hmm. Am I 
creating situations or behaviors that basically are sabotaging. And we had a call today with our students, and one of the things I brought up was kind of the unforced errors in life, right? It wasn't the external world that created the problems. It was you, mm-hmm. right? You, People you're don't the one, really want to hear that, though. Right. You, you're the one that created the problem. Even though you don't want to take responsibility, the problem still resides with you, mm-hmm. right? And so I think that that was something that was just on my mind um, throughout the day. Is so there just, something in your life that you're currently self-sabotaging? Um, I don't know. I would say my diet right mm-hmm. now. <laughs> I'm just... <laughs> well, I mean, that's mine. So yeah. maybe we'll talk about that yeah, a little bit later. Yeah, I definitely think my diet for sure. So it wasn't like you were like, God, I am feeling like a loser right now and I'm just self-sabotaging, finding myself in this loop. So I want to talk about this. That's right. not why. Well, no, it was... It was <laughs> Sounds like it could be. Yeah. yeah, I think I was in my head going, ah, you know, I want to feel a little bit better. Uh-huh. I had the whole back thing and, mm-hmm. and and I was in my head about it of like, you know, I stay relatively healthy mm-hmm. uh, unless I have like some type of accident where I break something or hurt myself. But just working out and getting hurt, I thought, man, maybe I'm not taking care of myself the way I should be. Mm-hmm. And that's what led to this this problem. And so... Uh, Yeah, that was something that came to my mind. Well, I don't know. Um, That's a whole nother episode because for you, like we'll go to bed really late, like one o'clock, one thirty in the morning, and then you'll wake up at six and still go to the gym. So you'll sacrifice your sleep just to check it off of your list. And to me, I think that's stupid. Like I, I think you're so dumb when (laughs) you don't get a full six or seven hours of solid sleep. Well, yeah, and And I know you're gonna go on and on about how it makes you feel good, and that's not what this episode is about. No, but you said to check it off the list. But quite honestly, like I feel like it's self sabotage when I don't work out. Right, I get it. We'll talk about that later, but. We've all had important goals, like maybe, you know, going to the gym, developing healthier exercise habits or eating habits, maybe getting assignments done done in a timely fashion like our kids, right? Whether it be around your finances, saving money, whether it be about building healthy relationships, spending time with your spouse or your kids, And, you know, the thing is, is like you can say that those things are a goal, you can make commitments, but sometimes self-sabotage kicks in and you kind of derails your plans. We've all been victim to that, right? Yeah. And I think that it's important to note that self-sabotage is a very discreet thing. It's not so much as conscious as it sounds. Like Mm -hmm. you think of self-sabotage, you think of shooting yourself in the foot, you think of hurting yourself purposely. Right. But I think it's a quiet thing that happens that is considered normal mm-hmm. that creeps up on you. And then we're going to talk about some of the other things that it can look like. Mm-hmm. So I think if you clicked on this episode, those self-sabotage and it triggered you a little bit, you're like, yep, that's me. <laughs> to me, the first thing that that sends a signal of that you need to be aware of is that, you know, that you're capable of more but you're not showing up for it or you're not committing to it. You're not seeing it through, right? So I think that's why you're here. Let's talk about what self-sabotage might look like. So I'd consider these symptoms of self-sabotage. Number Mm. one, procrastination. Mm. Lots of people do that, right? Getting close to a goal and then quitting. That's a huge one. Being in relationships that are unhealthy, choosing toxicity, Mm -hmm. not keeping your word to yourself, Setting unrealistic goals, not even trying, just you don't even show up. 
carrying a negative narrative or story about yourself, your abilities, negative self-beliefs, right? right? Uh, Not publicly declaring a goal. Mm. That's a big one. Not committing to work towards anything at all. Yeah. Taking a false righteous stance. So you give yourself too much grace. Yeah. Or you get all riled up about something that in the end hurts you. Okay. So like, for, and we've talked about this before where people will say things like, oh, I want to make more money. We talked about this in the um, negotiating your worth mm-hmm. uh, conversation, but people will uh, out of one side of their mouth say, I want to make more money. I want to further my career. But mm-hmm. on the other end of their side, they're saying, I'm not doing more than what I'm paid to do. Right. Right. And so you take this, which you think is a righteous stance, mm-hmm. but reality is self-sabotage. Well, here's another example of that. So a righteous stance, if you're overweight, unhappy with the way that your body looks, but publicly, you're all about that body positivity, self-love, right. that sort of thing. And I am all for that. Can I just tell you, like, one of the main things that we go over with our students is we try to instill confidence in them. We give them tools to improve their self-love, self-worth, all of those things. But I do think that it becomes a self right like a false righteousness stance right. when you know that you're not the healthiest that you would like to be. But you're claiming this whole body positivity, thick girls are supposed to be thick, like that sort of thing. I'm all for it, but I just want to make sure that you understand that sometimes that could be a form of self-sabotage. Like it could let you off the hook. And I think it shows up when someone who cares about you calls you out. Mm Mm-hmm. And that's and when you take- you're offended by it. Right. You're so triggered then, by it because yep. you know that they're right. Mm-hmm. You know that there's truth to it, that, right. hey, you're not living that, the most healthiest lifestyle. But in, in the form of false righteous stance, you get defensive and then you tell them, I, hey, I love how I look. I'm not yep. changing for no one. This is how I am. Like, And you take this stance to kind of fortify that self-image that mm-hmm. you have of yourself to protect yourself and your ego because someone has triggered you. Yep. And I think that that is the, a, a crazy way, but that's what people do. Well, here's right? another symptom, avoidance. That's a huge one. I think Big. I think avoidance avoidance of reality. Mm-hmm. I could tell you like when when I was really struggling with money, mm-hmm. like the idea of talking about money when I knew that whether we didn't have enough money mm-hmm. or you know things were due, mm-hmm. I found myself avoiding even looking mm-hmm. at you know the bills, right? Looking at the things that are due, Which fucking boggled my mind, right? right. But it's it's self sabotage, right. and and you do it because you're afraid of the well, of facing it's it avoidance, mm-hmm. which is a form of self sabotage. Right. It's like a symptom. If of I it. don't if I don't look, right. then it's almost like it's not there. So that's what I wrote. Like I don't know how to address it or what or how to deal with it. So if I don't acknowledge it, maybe it'll just go away. Right. That is a form of self sabotage. Right. Because you know that the problem's not going to go away, but you temporarily convince yourself that it will. Right. Another symptom is lack of planning. I say this a lot. Like your brain's tired. You've made too many decisions. You find yourself not prepared. This is a lot. It happens a lot with your diet, Mm -hmm. right? You say you want to be on a diet. You say you want to eat healthy. And then, you know, the day has escaped you. You're running late for lunch, let's say. And now you only have 30 minutes to get something quick and you didn't bring anything healthy. And there's a burger joint across the street. So you do it out of desperation. (laughs) Yeah. It's self-sabotage because you didn't plan for that, right? Right. 
Also, another form of self-sabotage when it comes to planning is like at the end of the day, you've put something off and now you've made too many decisions and you're just like, F it. I don't want to deal with this anymore. (laughs) Like that happens to us sometimes. You know, we've made too many decisions with the remodel with work, whatever. And then it's like, comes to dinner time and, and the, the kids are like, what do you want? Decisions. I'm like, I don't even care. I'll, I'll tell you what I don't want, but I don't care. I don't want to make right. any more decisions. You guys decide, right? Yeah. Another symptom I could kind of go on and on about like not being prepared. So you resort back to old habits and ways of doing things because of comfort, let's just say. Even though you know that that comfort choice you choose doesn't really work well, that can easily spiral you into like another loop of self-sabotage. Yeah, and and I'll read this quote because I think this quote continues that thought. It's just from uh, Gay Hendricks, a PhD. He wrote a book called The Big Leap, Conquer Your Hidden Fear and Take Your Life to the Next Level. Mm-hmm. He says, each of us has an inner thermostat setting that determines how much love, success, and creativity we allow ourselves to enjoy. When we exceed our inner thermostat setting, we often do something to sabotage ourselves, causing us to drop back into the old familiar zone where we feel secure. Mm. And I think that we talked about this on our, with our students, right? A lot of times our self-image, which I mentioned when we talk about when, when people feel triggered, when you're there, someone addresses something that mm-hmm. is important, mm-hmm. your self-image tries to, your ego comes out to protect your self-image. One of the things that he wrote was self-sabotaging behavior with self-preservation. And so I'm going to try to preserve myself by protecting myself and being defensive and doing all these different things Mm. so that like, I protect my self-image, who I think I am, Mm -hmm. right? And I'm not going to let you in. So I'm willing to sabotage myself in order to protect this self-image that I've created. Mm. And so I think that when you think about that, you may think that that's very abstract, but really think about from a standpoint of people build an image, let's just say, for example, around their bodies, mm-hmm. right? So you have fitness influencers all over social media. And one of the things that we realize when you go and you, you know, you really get into bodybuilding is that it consumes you, mm-hmm. right? And then you For think sure. about the image that you put out into the world that you're this healthy person. Mm-hmm. And then what you end up doing is you start taking drugs to preserve that. Mm-hmm. And so you're sabotaging your health. You're sabotaging who, the, like mm-hmm. your body mm-hmm. to preserve the self-image, mm-hmm. right? And I think that that's a, that's a real thing. I think I did the and, opposite and of that think, when well, we worked out. When we I think with, with women, I think you're, maybe it's not drugs, mm-hmm. but maybe it's like you're, you're not eating right. right. Or maybe you're taking diuretics mm-hmm. or maybe you're taking things that keep you looking lean. Mm-hmm. But you're actually self-sabotaging yourself to preserve a self-image. Right. Crazy. So let's get in. We've had many conversations. Uh, we've kind of looked at some of the cases that we've had with certain students, the hundreds of students that we've helped, just different conversations, things that come up consistently for the people that we help coach. And also we had long conversations about things that come up for us. Mm -hmm. So based on that, you know, everything we gave you is a symptom of self-sabotage. But if you really peel back the layers and continue to ask deeper questions, there's about seven things that we think why people choose self-sabotage. Most of the time it's unknowing. Okay. So number one, there's going to be seven of them. Lack of self-esteem, 
lack of self-confidence. Yeah. Explain what we mean by that. That's when you have a very negative outlook on yourself. Okay. Right. Is um, this unconscious? Is this like Yeah, this is a lot of times this is unconscious, but sometimes it's conscious. Like right. you you don't think highly of yourself. Self-confidence. Right? Uh-huh. And so when you don't think highly of yourself, when it comes to starting something or taking on a challenge, you won't even step up mm. because you can't even see yourself in the light of someone that could achieve something like mm. that. And so, so you don't even sign up for the opportunity. You don't even sign up for the opportunity. So opportunities flash you by. Mm -hmm. And because of the fact that you don't think highly of yourself. So yeah. your, your self-esteem is so low that you're willing to sabotage yourself by not taking a, the chance, like not going after something mm -hmm. that you know that possibly you can actually achieve because maybe you have evidence, maybe you have the education, maybe you have the skill, but because you don't see yourself making in that light of achieving it, you don't even try. So something that this reminds me of is like we have uh, lots of students who are female students who say things like, you know, well, the teacher never calls on me. You know, people never really stop to talk to me. Like if I go to a conference, I'm like the last person someone would make friends with. Right. Mm -hmm. And when I started to ask better questions, usually, like if I say, so if there was a conference, where would you choose to sit? Yeah. They're never the people that would go to the front of the conference. And they're never the people that would first take initiative to say, hey, how are you? My name is Janelle. Right. right? So when you peel back the layers, it really comes down to lack of self-esteem. Mm -hmm. You don't feel confident enough to go up to people, to include yourself in the conversation, to make the friends, to put yourself in the opportunity right. because you're lacking self-confidence. So that's that's reason number one why people self-sabotage themselves. Yeah. So if you find yourself not even wanting to put yourself in a position for opportunity you may be struggling with self-esteem and you may be sabotaging yourself. And like I said, it's discreet. And you may tell yourself a story. And that's the key thing I think we have to make sure people understand. You may tell yourself a story that sounds very logical, mm -hmm. that sounds very, you know, reasonable. Yep. And you rationalize and you say, yeah, yeah, I, you know, me doing this, it just doesn't make any sense right now. We've got this going on. And then you just like, build up all of these excuses mm -hmm. and and that's how it shows itself. So I, I have worked with a couple of our students who have said things like, you know, I don't feel beautiful. I, you know, this is why I'm single. I don't know. There must not be someone out there for me, that sort of thing. And then when I really ask them, well, what would you do if you did feel beautiful? Mm. They're like, what? <laughs> what would you do if you did feel like you were beautiful? What things might you do? Well, I'd probably wear makeup. Okay, do you wear makeup now? No. Okay, well, if yeah, you know that that would help huge. you, right? That's so good. So what would you do? I'd probably dress better. Well, do you dress well now? No. <laughs> I'd probably do my hair and yeah. put some effort into my appearance. Do you do that now? No, I look like a hot mess. Well, sis, that's why you don't have a man Sabotage. is because you're not even trying to make yourself feel beautiful for yourself, right? That's huge. So that's huge self-sabotage. And yeah. that comes down to a direct lack of self-esteem, self-confidence. Like you're not even showing up for yourself in order to find those blessings or find those opportunities. So that's a big one. Number two, your thought pattern sucks. <laughs> you have this negative loop of negative beliefs that hold you back. So here's an example uh, you have a lot on your plate. This is like any typical mom, right? You're juggling all of the things. Your kids are now homeschooling. You're working from home. 
Uh, You're having a really tough time. There's so many competing priorities, right? And you say that I'm going to join this 30-day challenge because I really want to get fit. And, you know, I'm going to do this because my friends are doing this. This is exactly what I need. Even though you already feel super overwhelmed and overextended in every other area in your life, right? So now you've set yourself up to fail Mm -hmm. because you already had too many other competing priorities. And so now you can't show up to the 30-day challenge because you're tired, your kid got sick, you had to take your husband to the doctor because he hurt his back, whatever. And now you're in this negative loop of, I'm such a failure, I'm such Mm -hmm. a loser, I can never stick to anything. You start to believe it, and then eventually you stop showing up for yourself. You stop committing because you tell yourself things like, I don't have any time, you know, I'm just going to fail at that. And it becomes this really negative thought pattern that holds you back from trying anything or committing to anything. This is for those people that don't know how to set boundaries. I'm just going to tell you, a lot of these (laughs) people, the solve for this is what the hell are you saying yes to? And why are you so goddamn busy? Yeah. And I think this, this shows up for many people that it's hard for them to create a priority list or a, a, a scale, a hierarchy of importance of things right. in their life. And even when they do, they're beating themselves up over the things that they cannot do because they've made a priority list, right? And so right. you think about the fact that you say, hey, right now for me, what's important in this time of COVID is my family, is you know, uh, making sure our finances are in order because we don't know what's going to happen with the economy. And then maybe it's something else. And then you you beat yourself up because you're not at the gym every single day. So you let me beat give yourself you an example. Because you're, you're, right. you know, you're not taking care of the mm-hmm. things, that all the, the many things. And I think this shows up for, especially for women, because I find that men compartmentalize pretty well mm-hmm. and they just kind of say, oh, well, I'm just going to do this. And they just laser right. focus. And then women are trying to have their hands in on, everything. In everything. And then they are are going in this negative loop because you cannot physically do it and you're beating yourself or you're, I say, haunting yourself on the things that you know that you just not really important, but you're making them important in your mind and then you're letting yourself down because you know, I can't do that right now. Yep. I definitely slip into this sometimes. And well, I think people you're are going to... Yeah, I think people are going to say like, what? You're always positive. I'll get to that in a second, but just keep this number two in your mind, which is your thought pattern sucks. Okay, so number three, fear. Mm. Talk to me about how fear can self-sabotage you. Yeah, so fear can show up in a lot of different ways. You're unworthy of success. Yeah, unworthy of success, fear fear of not belonging, Mm -hmm. fear of rejection, uh, the fear of failure. Uh, and fear then of the, success. And the fear of success. And people always, I know people cringe at that because they go, ah, how could you be afraid of success? Right. We but see I think it so often. What it is, is the expectations of you become extremely uncomfortable, right? So as you go- Wait, can I just hammer yeah. that home? Fear of success is something we see often. And mm-hmm. here's why, especially if you're from number two, that woman, that mom that's overcommitted, you're already feeling like you're failing at so many things. So you're fearful of what else it's going to take. Right. What's it going to require for me to be successful? That means I'm going to have to take on more responsibilities to be less time with my kids, to be more of a commitment, more stuff I have to do. I got to take a class. I got to learn more. I have to stay up later. right? Right. So that's what we're talking about when we say fear of success. You don't usually recognize fear of success. Mm. 
but it comes up in all of the ways that you self-sabotage. Right. I hope that makes sense for uh, people. Yeah, I think people should call it the fear of the journey right. of success, right? Your because, fear of committing yeah. to, you know, what Hard might work. be required. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, or discomfort. Like, I, I look at it like when we're going through the remodel, I was oh, definitely yeah. fearful of success because I just didn't want to go through the discomfort of <laughs> what it's going to take in order to get the success of having the house so done. So you were dreading the pain of sacrifice. Right. And I think that's that's so huge because... That is a fear of success. That is a fear of success. And I think that it, it can show up very discreetly. But you think about... We hear it all the time. That sounds like a lot of work. Yeah. Like, oh, so, God. <laughs> when oh, someone God. says... Uh, oh, what did you guys do? To, how'd you get so fit? How, what'd you do for your... Um, yeah, we oh, give them a whole that prescription. Sounds oh, that like sounds a like a lot of work. work. I don't really fear have of time success, for that. Right? Yep. And so they, they should rename that to the fear of the journey of success. Right. You're dreading the pain of the sacrifice. That, that's yep. that's, that's huge. big, right? Yeah. Okay, number four, you want to be rescued. See, we try to hit you with one through three that like might be something you're like, okay, I'm with that. I can kind of see that. Number four is harsh. Yes. I'm just going to tell you, one of the reasons why people self-sabotage is because they're thirsty. You want to be rec <laughs> rescued. You're lacking a meaningful connection. Yeah. Maybe you're lonely. You don't want to admit it ever, but you're feeling a little lonely. Maybe you're craving a little bit of attention. You could potentially be self-centered. Mm -hmm. You might need to be the center of attention. And maybe you haven't been getting any attention lately. So here's an example of what we mean when we say that you want to be rescued. So an example would be you smoke, you choose drugs or alcohol, you do things unconsciously that you know could cost you your health, mm -hmm. right? So now you wind up in a rehab center and now your whole family has to come rescue you. Right. It's unconscious, but unconsciously you did it for attention, because you like people to be there, right? It gives or, yeah. you this false sense, this short-term boost of self-confidence. Yeah. It and makes I you think, feel worthy and right. valued and loved, right? I'm going to say, go out on a limb. Most people are going to say, mm, I don't relate to that. I'm not yeah. a selfish person. But think of times where you may have known that you should have chosen your health, but you didn't. So now your ass is in the hospital having some sort of surgery because now you have diabetes or something and all these people have to come rescue you. I'm not saying they shouldn't love you, but I'm just asking you, did you self-sabotage because you needed somebody on your side? Yeah, and I think what it looks like is, is that you keep certain hazards in your life mm -hmm. knowing or unconsciously knowing that those hazards has, at some point will harm you will create a situation where you are going to need some help and you're okay with that because that's when you become the highlight of the show. So here's That's a, when the, the narrative changes and you are the star of the right. show. I think that shows up in relationships when someone in a relationship has a problem but and they cannot wait to call that other person to mm -hmm. tell them about that problem mm -hmm. and and how I, I'm going to need you to, I need you to come home. I need you to do this because this has gone bad. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden now that person becomes a center of attention especially in like a struggling relationship mm -hmm. where I think someone would like make the, their problems or make an accident or make something bigger than what it is to get that person in a relationship to pay attention to them. Oh my God. You just basically summed it up to you're in a toxic relationship. So the girl decides to get pregnant. Shh, that's <laughs> a, 
That's a <laughs> that is yeah, a huge form right. of self sabotage. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. <laughs> I do not recommend that. That is not a good way <laughs> to keep a man. But yeah. that's what we're talking about right, here. Right. Yeah. Oh, that's big. Yeah. All you young girls that are listening, I'm just going to tell you, a baby is never going to save your relationship. And that is a huge form of self-sabotage. Yeah. And I think you see it in for men when they're trying to get a girl back or they're trying to be staying in someone's rel- in life and they go through problems and they call and woe is me mm-hmm. and they want them to have pity mm-hmm. because they'll take that pity over nothing. Right. Right. And here's they'll, they'll, here's the downside. It might even feel thrilling mm. to self-sabotage yourself. That's bad. Yeah. Stay away from getting yourself pregnant to stay in a toxic relationship because that's not going to save him. Yeah. That's not going to change him. And I you know, I think that's more prevalent not the getting pregnant piece, but I think the the wanting to be rescued uh-huh. I think is more prevalent than we we think about. I think more people like struggle with that, mm-hmm. not knowing that they're trying to garner attention with their problems. So you're saying you got to do some deep work to look inside to say, do I like this attention? Right. Mm. Like think about it like this. If people, if you're a person right now and you have a problem in your life mm-hmm. and there's a certain bit of excitement to call someone and tell them about that problem, mm. then that you are the person. Oh, like if Here's you, an, if an, you, yeah, if you, ahead. if you're, you know, in a toxic relationship and you know, your husband just did something super foul. Right. Mm-hmm. And you get a certain excitement about, I can't wait to tell them about this. Mm-hmm. Then you want to be rescued. That's bad. Yeah. Well, something totally opposite because <laughs> this one sounds doom and gloom, but something that reminds me of like a form of self-sabotage is. You constantly have to go to your boss for approval. Mm. Like you won't make a decision, even though you know you're fully equipped to make the decision. You want to run everything past your spouse or your boss or someone to get some sort of approval. Mm. To me, that is a huge form of self-sabotage because you're wasting time. You're being unproductive, but you're looking for validation and it's just slowing everything down. Yeah. How many times have you had someone that worked for you that you just like, make a damn decision, just move forward. Uh, all the time. Right. <laughs> it's a form of self-sabotage. And I and I know those people who couldn't wait to bring me problems. Right. Right. Because, because they, they wanted you to say, oh, good job recognizing right. this. Now I need your help. Let's sign the let's let's uh solve this together. And like, I think you said it, it's the thrill of being yep. noticed, mm-hmm. even though you're being noticed. For some, some something really shitty. Yeah, so that's a really harsh one. I named it number four. You want to be rescued? Eddie named it. You're thirsty. So um, it, either yeah. way, this is a huge thing for you to go back and re-listen to and just ask yourself, God, am I thirsty in any areas? Yeah, of or my those life? people who post sad ass shit on post social media all the time <laughs> because they want people to notice them, right? On social media, like yeah. you, you, you know those people who you go, God, every time I go to their page, it's like a tearjerker, right? Okay, number five, you're a pleasure seeker. That's huge. You overvalue pleasure more than you value accomplishment. Yeah, or safety, you, safety, lots of things. Um, you overvalue pleasure over uh, responsibility. Mm. Right? So this is the people that choose to do something that's reckless, and they know they're going to regret it. But it's exciting and fun. But you know you're going to regret it. Absolutely, and I think mm. that this is a is a huge one. Because I think that 
it happens in the evolution of your of your life. You you go through things where some people turn to gambling, some mm-hmm. people turn to drinking or drugs. Some people and, have affairs. Uh, yeah, and we talked about y- your dad. Like it was juice in the morning. Like it was constant right. like pleasure seeking. Like this right. tastes good. Well, this we is were good. talking about my dad because you just you said we talked about your dad when I said some people have affairs. That's not the case. No. <laughs> You thought of my dad, who's a pleasure seeker. He is. Yeah. And he's just like, whatever's fun, let's do it. Whatever right? tastes good, Whatever feels tastes good, good let's, let's eat go. it. Yeah. Wherever you want to go, let's go, right? right? And so there's no boundaries. There's no rules. There's no goals or there's just no like bumpers, right. I call them. Like, right. hey, what are you not supposed to do? Like for him, anything goes. Yeah. Right? <laughs> I'm not saying things that hurt people. Like he wouldn't cheat on his wife, but right. I'm saying like, in the morning, he'll wake up. Whatever's in the fridge, we're going to eat it. We're going to drink yeah. it, whatever. I love you, Dad, but you need some boundaries sometimes. Yeah, and I think this this pleasure-seeking thing is 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 important because I think in this day and age where we, we find that there's a lot of struggles with mental illness, a lot of it could be from the fact that people think that there's always going to be a feeling of pleasure when you right. do something. Like everything is gratifying, mm-hmm. right? And I think that there are things that are really hard and there are things that don't feel good. And I think people will seek out pleasure mm-hmm. to soften that, to you know, give them release or relief from the hard things of life. Right. So that kind of goes back to the symptom being avoidance. Yeah. The symptom being procrastination. Mm-hmm. The root of that is you're a pleasure seeker. Yeah. You care more about pleasure right now versus having discipline or establishing boundaries or organization to keep yourself focused on a long-term goal. That's a huge form of self-sabotage. So pleasure seekers come in the sense of you spend too much damn time on social media when you know that you're saying you want to increase the revenue in your business or you want to save up to go somewhere else, but you're shopping all the damn time, right? So I just think, again, it's important for you to understand pleasure seekers that's the actual root cause, but the symptoms are avoidance, yeah. procrastination, choosing fun, like just making, ah, it's not that big of a deal because you're thinking more in the moment. Yeah. That's a big I think one. that the quote is, discipline costs you in ounces and regret costs, costs you in pounds. Like something like that, where it regret costs you a lot more <laughs> okay. than discipline. So okay, uh, we'll get that quote right at some okay. point. Okay, perfect. Number six. Uh, <laughs> this one is the one that I wanted to talk to you about. So I'm calling it, I'm saying that one of the reasons you self-sabotage, think about your diet. Number six is your why isn't strong enough. So for me, I said, you know what? I like the idea of being on a diet I like the idea of being restrictive because I'd like to get to a certain goal weight. I'd like to feel a certain way. But at the end of the day, I'm just going to be honest with you. This boils down to complacency because, see, the thing is, is I'm married and my husband thinks I'm hot. I think you're So I don't really need to be on a diet because I'm kind of okay the way that I am, right? This breeds complacency. This could come from committing to a diet but not sticking to it because you don't really have a reason to, you know, pursue it like yeah. I'm talking about. This could be your why is not strong enough for you to stay committed to managing your finances, right? Mm-hmm. This could be a million different reasons, but I really think it comes down to you're fine where you're at. Right. What happens is something destructive 
could potentially find you, Mm. slap you upside of the head, and then now you're beating yourself up and you're realizing that you self-sabotaged your bank account because even though you said you wanted to get out of debt, you continued to shop because you were like, I'm not that bad in debt. Yeah, and I think the complacency to your point is when you kind of put yourself in a situation where you, you don't want anything, right? Mm-hmm. There's no goal that's out right. there. There's nothing that you're striving for. So complacency becomes a, a position or a disposition in life that, and I think, I hope you guys caught that. What Janelle just talked about is that many times if you don't create the disturbance in your life, mm-hmm. then the disturbance comes at some It'll point. It'll find you. It'll find you. Mm-hmm. And when it finds you and you're complacent, that's when you're the most vulnerable. Right. And that's when it really hits you. But the reality is, is that you sabotaged yourself because you didn't stay ready. Can I tell you, that's when you become the victim. Yeah. When you don't recognize that you fell into complacency something major disturbs you and then you're the victim. Right. So this is what we talk about all the time. Like it may not have been your fault, but it's a good chance that there was some responsibility that you had a role to play in why this thing happened. This doesn't always happen. But if we're talking about self-sabotage, procrastination, putting things off, being okay with what you have, complacency, Generally, there has to be a really large disturbance to find you, to slap you upside of the head, to wake you up. And then you say, oh, shit. Okay. After I'm the victim, then now I can take some responsibility. Right. So I hope you're not hiding in complacency, friend. The last one is your comfort zone. Yeah, the comfort zone. And it sounds a lot like complacency because, you know, you you think of, oh, I'm complacent. I'm not doing anything. Mm -hmm. But complacency is like you have got to a place where you're not not wanting for something. There's a a lack of desire Mm -hmm. where I think with comfort zone is you may have some desires, but you keep them pretty tempered because you're not trying to to stretch yourself to a place where you're Mm -hmm. you're uncomfortable. And you do that because you're trying to avoid change. Mm -hmm. You don't even want to see change. You Mm -hmm. want things to stay the way that they are. And I think that the self-sabotage comes into play is because you'll do anything to keep things comfortable, Mm -hmm. right? You'll do anything to keep things the way that they are. Mm -hmm. And so although someone may bring up change, you're talking about how do I get back to that? Because Mm -hmm. I think we're all operating off of this script, and that script is our comfort zone. Mm-hmm. And when someone gives us a new script, we don't even want to read it. Right. We You're just like, want that's to, not the way I that's do not, things. Yeah, that's not the, the mm-hmm. rhythm of thinking I'm going mm-hmm. through right now. You're interrupting what things that I know that are very familiar with me mm-hmm. or to me. Right. And it's important to note that comfort kills productivity. <laughs> um, I think people who struggle with, you know, self being victims of self-sabotage because they like to choose their comfort zones. I think they're control freaks, honestly. Like they like to be in constant control of their environment, their experiences, what feels good. They're, they want to control their normal habits or rituals or routines, right? Like this is what we normally do. Like right. this feels good. People that can fall victim to this particular trait are often people that say things like, well, you know me, I don't know how to be on time. I'm always late. It's like you take pride in the things that you do that are not really favorable sometimes, right? Or you claim this identity as like something, you know, it's a flaw, but you think you can't change it. Yeah. And I think that we all get to a place where we overvalue what's familiar and we undervalue what's not familiar. Mm -hmm. And what that does is that puts us in a place where 
we want to keep things very much the same because we think that it is the best it's going to be. Right. So here's how extent. you can kill, you know, you can be exercising constant self-sabotage and the root of it is your comfort zone is because you're in a toxic relationship, but it's familiar. Mm -hmm. He's friends with my family. Mm. Everybody likes him. It's like the sunk cost bias. It's like, oh, I put so much into this. That is self-sabotage. Yeah. <laughs> so we're going to add the sunk cost bias to your comfort zone. Yeah, 100%. That is ruining your damn life. All of the things you're claiming, all of the things you say feel good, you know, Oh, you know, I just like dessert. I just am a dessert person. I eat dessert every night. It feels good. Yeah, it's comfortable, but guess what? That shit's going to kill you. <laughs> you can't have that every night, right? Yeah. So comfort, it breeds complacency. It breeds all of these other things. It breeds stagnant. Mm -hmm. Stagnancy? What is that? Stagnant, stag stagnation. Stagnation, yeah. Jesus, <laughs> I lost all my words right now. <laughs> so. Yeah, and I think it makes you brittle and rigid and when you're less flexible, I think you become rigid in all parts of your life because right now, especially when you, with everything that's going on in our society, mm -hmm. we need to be the most emotionally flexible that we possibly could be right? in order to navigate the uncertainties that we're facing today. And so the reality is, is that you can try to stay comfortable, mm -hmm. but your comfort zone, just like complacency and, and many of the other things we talked about are going to get its world rocked because Life is unpredictable. Well, your comfort it, zone, you want to stay in your comfort yeah. zone. Guess what will find you there? Guess Dis what finds you? Disturbances. Yeah. That shit will pull you out of that yeah. comfort zone. That bunker of comfort you think you're living in, it'll find you. 100%. It's knocking on your door right now, but you're just not answering. It'll find you. Trust so, me. I feel like we've gone through and we, I think hopefully we've created some deep awareness mm -hmm. of the things that are, I think, killing people or they're killing themselves with. Right. And I think that we probably need to do a part two on how you, what are the things you need to do to help yourself when you when you find yourself in a loop of self-sabotage. Right. So if this was helpful, if this was something that helped you gain some insight about maybe why you're self-sabotaging some goals that you say that you want, but you just won't stay committed to, then please take 30 seconds, leave us a rating and a review on iTunes, and we are so happy to be a part of your growth. Thank you so much for pushing through with us. We'll see you in the next episode. Peace. Thank you for listening to The Push Podcast. Hey, we want to hear from you. So if you have a question or there's a particular topic that you want us to tackle and you want us to help you push through, you got to do something for us. You got to go to Apple Podcasts and you got to leave a rating and a review. And in that review, go ahead and leave that question with your Instagram handle so that we can shout you out when we actually answer the question. And we'll talk about that on the podcast and make sure that, hey, this particular podcast is made for you. So leave a rating, leave a review, leave your handle. And until next time, push through.